0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com/sme today. Again, agorapulse.com/sme.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you
0: so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Neil Schaefer and we're going to talk about what you need to know to get started with Twitter ads. Now you might be asking yourself, Twitter ads? Why why do I need Twitter ads? Well, let me just tell you, the Twitter algorithm is definitely coming. It's coming strong. There's been lots of signals from Twitter that there's new things like the quality filter, which are increasing the likelihood you will not see certain kinds of tweets so for those of us that are marketers we need to start preparing and understanding what is necessary to get twitter advertising underway by the way if you want to reach me podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery
1: helping you stay alive in a social jungle here's this week's survival tip
0: This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric?
1: I found a cool app that helps you manage the overload of tabs on your Google Chrome browser.
0: Cool. What is it called?
1: It's called OneTab.
0: OneTab. All right. Well, explain what that does.
1: Okay. So for example, you've opened up a bunch of tabs, and then suddenly you realize your machine is getting bogged down, and you don't want to lose all those tabs so this is where one tab comes in you have this this extension installed and you te- you click it up in the you know the where your all your tab little tab organization stuff goes and it then sends all those tabs into one tab as a list of clickable links so you can get back to them quickly
0: so it's almost as if oh okay I know exactly what you're talking actually I don't think I don't think that uh, the this is technically a new feature this is like a bookmark list almost it sounds like
1: yeah it's it's very much like that yeah but
0: but what it sounds like is it's a one-click ability to create it with all the tabs that are open
1: yes exactly
0: because I think both Firefox and Chrome do allow you to create um, lists if you will that with one click you can open them up in in bunches of tabs at once but it's a manual laborious process and you're saying with this particular uh, Chrome plugin. Is that what it is? It's a plugin, yes. right? With you know, with one click, you can make one tab. So I guess some of the applications are, let's just say you have six or seven different news sites that you check every morning. And instead of leaving them open in your browser all day long, right? Um, and having them suck uh, power off of your computer, you can just create this little one tab. And then with the push of a button, they all open at one shot, right?
1: Yeah, or even the instance that I've had happen is where I've been checking all these different news sites for latest and greatest breaking news and social, and then suddenly, uh, say, Michael Stelzner Skypes me and says, hey, we need to work on something. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I'm like, oh, I've got all these open, and I don't know where to get them back to it. So I hit that, and then they all go into one tab, and I can pin that tab and then put it away and focus on what needs to be done at the moment.
0: But I would imagine you can also always reuse that over and over. It's not just a snapshot yes. in time. You can reload those tabs, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, um, how do we go ha- go about finding this thing?
1: Real easy. You go to one, the the, the word one, I should say, O-N-E, one slash tab.com.
0: Slash or dash?
1: Uh, the minus, dash, the minus sign. Slash would be wrong. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> one slash. One- One minus tab, one dash tab. (laughs)
0: Okay, cool. Sweet. Thank you so much, Eric, for bringing that to us. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's move on over to my interview with Neil Schaefer.
1: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
0: I'm super excited to be joined today by Neil Schaefer. If you don't know who Neil is, he's author of the book Maximize Your Social. He also co-founded the Social Tools Summit, an awesome conference you want to check out. And he runs the PDCA Social, a social media agency. Neil, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much, Mike.
0: So today, Neil and I are going to talk about Twitter ads and what marketers need to know about Twitter ads. I'm going to confess, Neil, before I get started, I don't know a lot about Twitter ads. So I'm going to be coming from the presumption that a lot of our users may not be super familiar with it. So we're going to try to try to just kind of you know, broach this subject in a way that makes sense for everybody. Let, let me start, Neil, with why Twitter when it comes to advertising? I know you've been doing some advertising on Twitter. And just kind of give everybody your perspective on why they ought to consider it.
2: Sure. So really, uh, I've, I've always advertised on a number of different social networks, like a lot of social media marketers, uh, primarily Facebook, but uh, I've always done Twitter as well. And uh, really, it was my launching this new social media agency called PDCA Social, where I'm now managing the advertising budget of, uh, uh, of my clients, and really coming to the realization that everything in social media should be tested and proven with data. So obviously my customer is saying, well, we need, you know, it's all about Facebook. It, it's a consumer facing product. We need to go out on Facebook. And, and I said, sure, but we need to also have another network that we do an AB test with. And, you know, when I do social media strategies and, and in general, there are exceptions. In general, you get down to consumer facing. It's probably going to be Facebook. It could be more on the Instagram side these days or Pinterest or Snapchat, depending on your demographic. LinkedIn is the B2B side. But Twitter is always this network that can go either way. Mm -hmm. And even though you have, and and Mike, you know, uh, I spoke about Twitter at Social Media Marketing World recently. Uh, It's not the sexiest of networks. And it certainly does not get uh, the attention of people like the newer networks does. But it still has a community of a few hundred million people that are passionate. And it's still the place to be found where the media is uh, and what have you. So I said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to do A-B testing, you know, we'll, we'll start on Facebook, but we owe it to ourselves, and, and they do not have that visual of a product, otherwise I could have done Instagram, but we owe it to ourselves to use Twitter as well and let the data lead to us to where we go. Uh, and, and through the art of that, I, I must say, Mike, that, you know, we know that social is becoming more pay to play. Um, a, a case in point here, and these ads I'm talking about are not follower ads, but actually conversion ads. But... Even with follower ads, we spent a majority of our money to build up a Facebook community. We built up a smaller Twitter community with a fraction of what we spent on Facebook. You know, A few months later, we have a, a community that's 30 to 40% bigger on Twitter with no more ad spend, and our Facebook audience just is not growing because of the way the edge rank works and because it's so hard to grow organically on Facebook compared to a Twitter. So I'll throw that out even before beginning to talk about advertising, that you have two different types of social networks. You have the ones like the Facebooks and the LinkedIns, where as a page you cannot engage with others. And then you have the open ones, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, where whether you're a company or a person, you can engage the same way. Uh, and that means that companies can do a lot more organically uh, than they can on, on a Facebook or LinkedIn uh, from their company page. So that, that, I think, is the initial interest in Twitter. But really, it, it's doing an A-B test. And I, I urge all of you, if you're listening to this, if you've only been putting all of your advertising eggs into one bucket or one basket – You really need to do the same sort of A-B testing. You're going to get a different result. Could be worse, could be better, but it gives you a reality check as to are you spending what you should be spending with advertising and social media.
0: Well, and I think a lot of people um, don't or maybe underestimate the power of Twitter, especially around live events. For example, I just saw some statistics from Twitter about the Olympics in Rio Mm. and there were like 300 plus million tweets. Um, and where Twitter's heading with, you know, uh, and, and where it is, I mean, it is the predominant when there's an event, whether it be an emergency or whether it be a conference like social media marketing world, Twitter is what everybody seems to kind of default to. And I would imagine, you know, um, in those kinds of instances for those kinds of audiences, there's, there's a good play there for advertising. Um, but I don't really, I don't really know, but I'm just thinking out loud here, you know?
2: Absolutely no I, I agree with you and that's you know you, you got to understand what these networks are are good at and Twitter definitely uh, uh, for live events it's it's still the predominant social network. Uh, you know second screen it's still a very very popular network. And I, like I said, it's where the mass media is it's where journalists are it's where people are looking for stories. I know I, I think I mentioned this to you, Mike, that after three and a half months uh, primarily doing advertising and marketing on Twitter, the Dr. Oz Show reached out to us wanting to feature our company that's awesome. and I, and I think and, and I've had a lot of success stories on Twitter of getting new clients, what have you there, and, and hopefully a lot of others have as well it's because it's a place where you can get found' It's, it's searchable, like like a Snapchat isn't, uh, for instance, uh, it's just a lot easier to get found and, and to go organically, but from an advertising perspective, I think it is uh, it's compelling as well, and I, I, you know we'll go into more of that during this podcast. yeah,
0: let's talk about it. so how does how do Twitter ads differ from Facebook ads? What do we need to know?
2: Well, uh, Twitter ads, Facebook ads, you're both advertising on the real estate in, in the networks, right? So obviously Facebook is a more multimedia type of, uh, of setup. Uh, you don't have like a, a, a right-hand frame that shows a lot of ads in Twitter like you would have in a Facebook. You basically have the timeline uh, like you would in Facebook mobile. Uh, interestingly enough, though, because the tweets appear in the timeline, uh, they're also, uh, that's really the most effective place to have them. And I think a lot of marketers on Facebook and from my own experience have found that really being in the timeline is, is the best place to be, uh, often on the right hand side. It, it's just not as effective. It's going to be different for everybody, right? But that's what the data has led me to believe. But what's, what's more interesting about Twitter, I, I think are two things. Number one, what I've realized is it, 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 might be just supply and demand that because Facebook and all the newer networks are so much in demand, that there's just fewer and fewer supply and therefore it gets more expensive to advertise in those networks. Twitter might just have a lot more inventory that's available to to promote your products and services in, which may explain why, to me, it it has been uh, a little bit more cost effective. But uh, the other one is it's just a lot more easier to use the Twitter dashboard to create an ad. Uh, I find in Facebook, uh, you know, it's always changing. I mean, just the other day, I create a conversion pixel. No, you want to use this new event-based pixel. And then I use that. And then after it's installed, I get another message saying, no, you want to use this pixel. So <laughs> oh my it's, gosh. it's it's very, and, and maybe it's just bad timing, but it's very complicated. You almost need a PhD to try to figure yourself around. And I'm not even talking about the power editor. I'm just talking about the standard Facebook ad to user interface. It is very, very complex. And I know that they've worked really hard to make it easier for small businesses. But Twitter, for those of you who haven't used it, And when you start using it compared to a Facebook, it's just very, very refreshing, very, very easy to use. It's one screen. You know where you are at all times. If you want to change things like, you know, hey, I just want to change my cost per click. I got to jump through a few screens in Facebook to do it. On Twitter, it's one screen. Um, You you always know where you are and and that's it. So they've just developed a much more easier to use product that, uh, you know, I know there are products like Ad Espresso for Facebook that make it very, very easy to create a lot of different types of ads to test with. Uh, those those tools are are not uh, to be used with Twitter. Twitter really doesn't... I don't know if they haven't opened their API up to that or what. Those sorts of tools don't exist, but it's a lot easier for you to manage a campaign and to create multiple variations, I believe, using Twitter than, than it is with a Facebook. So
0: You know, Neil, good. one of the questions I've got is, where do the ads actually show up? Because there's what makes Twitter unique is all the third-party apps that are out there. So are they not... Are users not seeing ads on third-party apps, but they are seeing ads on the Twitter desktop and the Twitter app?
2: That's correct. It's primarily Twitter app, but Twitter also has what's called the Twitter Audience Platform, which allows you to have your ads seen on other sites, Uh, you know, third-party sites uh, on apps and what have you. Oh, really? Okay,
0: that's good to know.
2: Um, And that's another. That's a a, uh, optional thing that you can check on. Uh, And if you do, you got to tell them what type of website that you're promoting. Uh, and then they will promote you on those types of websites. So you, you're correct um, in, in that uh, it, it is, you know, it can seem to be limited in that way. Uh, but, and, and Mike, we were talking about the new quality filter in Twitter. I know we're not, we're not going to talk about that during this podcast. But it makes you wonder, you know, the users of the Hootsuite and the Sprout Social don't see the ads. But the average user, are they really using those platforms or are they just using the Twitter app? And probably the average user that's not a social media marketer or a marketer it's probably using the Twitter app, right? So that's the difference you see. There. yeah,
0: that's a really good point. but I'm even thinking about some of these cool apps like Tweetbot for my iPhone. you know what I mean that and and because you remember back in the day there wasn't a, a native Twitter uh, mobile app sure. um, so a lot of people are just stuck using these old apps that are still pretty good but I, my understanding is we don't necess- those ads are not necessarily pushed through Zach that, that's your understanding right They're not necessarily pushed through at all these third party uh, mobile apps, right?
2: That's that's my understanding as yeah. well. Um, They'd be
0: smart if they did because they could do a rev share with those guys, you know. But yeah. uh, maybe but, maybe it's in the plans. Who knows, right? But,
2: but here's the thing, and and that's the thing is that people overanalyze, and really it comes down to, you know, of the active, you know, monthly active users. Let's say there's two hundred, two hundred fifty million, or whatever number it is. There's still a huge community out there, and there's still a huge enough community on Twitter that sees the ads, and I've seen the data myself that says that there's more than enough users out there that are going to see and click on your ads.
0: How does an ad differentiate itself from everything else in the feed? Because I'm not sure I've seen one.
2: Oh, it'll say promoted. And it's very uh, distinct at the way it does it. But you'll see it in your news feed. It's usually, and I'm I'm on the Twitter homepage right now, sort of looking for one, usually see them. Um, But it'll just have this little thing that says promoted, usually, I think, under the image, if I'm not mistaken.
0: So it looks like a regular tweet with the exception of that word promoted, right? Exactly. Cool. Okay, um... So let's let's dig into a little bit to um, what we need to know about about the some of the settings and 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 options, if you will, with Twitter Ads.
2: Sure. Well, I think the first thing that you do, and, and the the Twitter Ad platform, as I was saying, was a lot easier to understand than Facebook, and they actually have a way of sort of guiding you through uh, step by step everything you need to do in order to launch a campaign. Uh, wherever you are in Twitter Ads, at the top, you're always going to see the menus of campaigns creatives analytics and tools so you sort of always know where you are but basically it starts by creating a campaign and similar how Facebook has these different campaigns Twitter has the following campaigns they have followers obviously where you wanna grow your community on Twitter uh, acquire new followers what have you you have website clicks or conversions um, you have tweet engagements, which is like boosting a post. You have app installs or app re-engagements if you have an application uh, for a smartphone that you want to promote. You have video views uh, like you would uh, sort of like promoting a, uh, a video post on Facebook. Uh, and then you have leads on Twitter. Twitter has something unique called Twitter Cards. And leads on Twitter is basically utilizing an email address that they registered with on Twitter to automatically uh, you know, Fill acquire an email address. Cool. Um,
0: does it yeah. auto-fill the form kind of for you or no?
2: It does. And the interesting thing is my conversations with the ad people at Twitter have told me that um, it basically you get the email address, but it's not on your website. It's within Twitter. So maybe it's in a CSV that then you have to download ah. and upload in your email database. So they said actually for a lot of people, it might be better just to do the website clicks and get people to opt in on your website and use the same Twitter card um, to, uh, to, to lead people to your website, but really when you get people to opt in there, it automatically feeds into whatever marketing automation system you have, and it might be more efficient. So uh, I've found it to be to be equally as effective, um, and, and that would be my recommendation. That's one fewer option that you really need to you know, worry about come, when it comes to Twitter ads.
0: Talk about how you've been using it and um, maybe some of the things that you've learned
2: well i think there's two main ways of using paid social right one is to build a community build reach the other one is for conversions Uh, and when i say conversions it could be for a lead magnet like an ebook or webinar or it could be for a product you sell that that has a monetary value um you know you could boost things twitter does have an algorithm like facebook but it's not nearly as severe as a facebook algorithm so uh, i think when you mean
0: severe what do you mean big of an impact
2: as big of an impact. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I, and I think the other thing is that people use Twitter differently than Facebook and that I still think there's a lot of people that search for information on Twitter and they're always doing keyword searches and looking for information. Uh, Facebook obviously is, is a little bit different. I don't think people use Facebook search in the same way and excuse me, find information the same way they do there. So that's why I don't think it's as important, uh, to, to boost the tweets. Uh, And, you know, whether you boost a tweet or you create a new tweet for website clicks or conversions, I mean, it's almost like the same same look and feel. You're just encouraging people to obviously retweet or, 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 you know, that tweet, uh, get more engagement on that tweet itself. So slight differentiation there. And in fact, no matter what objective you choose, when you start to create a campaign in the Twitter ad platform, it sort of all looks the same. And in fact, I had this conversation with, with with the Twitter ad people. I said, you know, I was going to create a followers campaign, and it looked the exact same for a website clicks campaign. They said, yeah, it looks the same, but there's very very discrete differences. There's also differences in the way that the machine algorithm works once you launch the campaign. So no matter how much these things look similar, uh, really you want to stick to that objective and find the campaign that makes a uh, campaign objective that makes the most sense for you. So you know, the followers obviously when you're building out a community. When you want to make sure you get a certain amount of reach, uh, a certain amount of engagement, if you get you know 1% engagement on your tweets and and you have a KPI that says, I want to be able to engage with X thousands or X tens of thousands of people, I mean, boosting that tweet is one way to do it. But obviously, targeting uh, the user base and acquiring followers that make long-term sense for your company is, is one type of ad. Wait, let's, po- like- let's
0: pause there for a quick second. So it sounds sure. like with the followers – Maybe their algorithm is saying, okay, let's show this to people that tend to retweet, right? Because, you know, retweets are a great way to get followers, right? Because you get exposure in these other people's, you know, I I don't know, maybe they're, I'm just, I'm just postulating as to what, what that could be, or maybe just somehow they're algorithmically optimizing this for, to those people that tend to be seeking out, you know, um, certain kinds of people or something like that.
2: That is, that is absolutely right, Mike. However, their algorithm works, uh, they're basically looking at, and I believe that Facebook's the same. I don't know if it works as well, but they're basically looking at other Twitter users that have engaged with advertisements in the past, um, that have, that have performed the same actions. Mm. So whether it's following or clicking or converting.
0: Interesting. So you were going to, you were, I think, were you going to talk, let's talk about website clicks and conversions because it sounds like this is the one that most of our listeners would probably be interested in. I would imagine most of your clients are looking for, is that accurate?
2: Uh, That's uh, absolutely right.
0: So talk to us a little bit about um, that. Is is website clicks slash conversions the same or is is there a distinction there? Like one is designed to actually track conversions where the other one is designed to purely track clicks?
2: Well, up until now, um, in in all honesty, Twitter, the the clicks and conversions has pretty much worked the same way. Uh, They are just releasing a beta. If you spend uh, a certain amount of money with Twitter ads, you'll probably get access to it. You may want to ask your representative for it. But they're finally unleashing a beta that's pretty much a cost per conversion or cost per action type of platform. Hmm. So it's a different way of of paying for ads. But it also allows you to do retargeting um, and to be able to do retargeting both within Twitter and outside of Twitter using that Twitter audience platform. So I think that's pretty exciting news, and you know, by uh, by the looks of things, you know, retargeting seems to be the most cost effective way of of doing marketing uh, on the internet right now. So um, I, I think that's going to be an, an exciting thing. But for some people, um, you know, they find that doing a cost per click is more effective than doing cost per conversion. And once again, you need to you need to sort of figure it out yourself and and get the data. But um, yeah, that's going to be the basic one I think you're going to do, and you know for conversion you obviously need to set up conversion tags twitter makes it very very easy for you to do that you don't have to uh you know it's a similar process to facebook but i've just found it it's just worked a lot more easier on twitter and and i haven't had the issues of you know you want to use this event tag and that event tag you create the conversion tag you cut and paste the code put it in and you're done
0: cool um because twitter is so mobile optimized do they do they give you the option to deliver your ads strictly to mobile versus desktop or both?
2: They do. Uh, and in that way, you know, similar to Facebook, you can uh, deliver uh, just to mobile. You can pick iOS devices, Android devices, BlackBerry, um, desktop and laptop or other mobile. You can even uh, choose which carrier you want to deliver to. So wow, that's cool. Yeah. And they do it uh, internationally. I think they have like 20 different or 30 different countries we can choose the carrier.
0: Hey, Neil, I know that you have experimented Experimented with Twitter cards, and a lot of people don't really understand what Twitter cards are and how they can work for advertisers. Maybe you could just share a little bit of your insight there.
2: Sure. So, Twitter cards are a unique uh, functionality that Twitter has that I don't think any other advertising platform has. So, on Twitter, in any social media, we know that in general, if, <clears throat> if we have an image versus not having an image, we get more engagement. And what Twitter cards do is it really uh, brings that notion forward and lets you create a customized uh, card or a customized visual that has a you know a, a default uh, dimension for your visual. it has a headline, it has a description, it has a link and it really displays especially if you're trying to get people to click on something to to a landing page what have you it really does it in a visually optimized way. So Twitter cards are only available through the Twitter ads platform and I'll tell you I've done, Uh, Twitter campaigns where I just have tweets with images and then I have a Twitter card and the Twitter card has always outperformed by, you know, five to 10 X those that don't. So the net net is if you're going to do a Twitter ad campaign and you want to add a visual, but you also want to get a click or conversion, I highly recommend you use Twitter cards. Once you create a Twitter card, it actually has a link to it. So you could display that same Twitter card with a tweet even without an advertising campaign. Uh, that's something a lot of people don't know about. Um, but you obviously need to have a Twitter ad uh, account in order to do that. But once you do, you're able to use those. And that's that's another best practice that uh, you might want to use that will really help differentiate your tweets and your visuals out there, especially when you when you want to try to get conversions.
0: Yeah. And the cool thing about Twitter cards <clears throat> is you do get a lot more text real estate. You get a lot more elements that you're dealing with. And, and from what I recall, I've seen them and I believe that the image is kind of near the top if I'm yes. not mistaken. And then underneath it is like uh, maybe a headline of an article or yep. whatever, and then a description and then a link. Does that sound about right?
2: That's correct. Now I should also say that Twitter cards is also a general word for, there is markup that you can put on your website so that if, if, if a link is shared from your website, a card appears that has like the photo and, and the text and description. Um, that's sort of a generic Twitter card for websites that you should also work on making sure you have. Uh, but this is a special Twitter card with a link that is created, customized and created for ad campaigns that you can also use without – employing an ad campaign, if that makes sense. A little bit confusing, but yeah. it's another one. But of it, does it look the same as a
0: Twitter prepared. card on, an, on a website? Is it visually similar?
2: It's visually similar, but obviously it includes that link and, and uh, the button and what have you.
0: So cool. So cool. Yep. Let's talk about some mistakes because you've been messing around with Twitter ads for a little while here. Um, what are some mistakes that we can avoid? Maybe some things you've learned along the way.
2: I think that uh, a, a few things. Number one, and Twitter will recommend this as well. Sometimes when you do a ad campaign, you want to add like a hashtag or what have you. You're going to get paid when someone clicks on it. So you want to make sure that the only clickable thing that's on it is the link. Mm. Uh, that That's number one. Um, number two is that... Uh, and, and this is just you know, general for any ad campaign, any ad pl- platform, you really need to optimize. And by optimizing, you need to have multiple variations. Now, this is something that's really exciting about Twitter ads that we haven't talked about yet in this podcast. I talked about how it's easier to create the ads. So think about it this way. On Facebook, you now have the ability to target you know, 10 other pages uh, that people like, right? We can do that on Twitter, but actually in the Twitter ad dashboard, it's going to show you your performance for each one of those 10 pages. So it's really, really easy to say, wow, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm targeting people that like Mashable, it's like two times more expensive than people that like social media today. So I'm gonna turn off Mashable and I'm gonna continue to optimize and make it more efficient and make it more cost effective. It's very, very easy to do that on the Twitter app platform. Whatever variations you choose, we talked earlier about being able to target people with iOS, with Android, what have you. You can do the same sort of thing there because it displays in in clear terms, how you're performing for each of those. In fact, when I talked earlier about cost per conversion versus cost per click, it will also show you that same information on a cost per click versus cost per conversion for each one of the things that you're targeting. So this is how without using a third party tool, it's very, very easy to optimize your ads by just creating it once without having to create all these different variations and optimizing as you go. But you need to understand to do that uh, yeah. And you really need to be on top of that, right. In, in order to, to be most cost effective. Real quick question, um, real quick question yeah, on that. Um,
0: I don't know if you've done this for your clients or not, but have you, have you experimented with targeting their, like, like if you were, like if you were managing my account and I wanted to target our whatever hundreds of thousands of followers on social media examiner versus those that are on Mashable, for example, is it cheaper to target my own followers than the followers of another account? Or do you have any insight into that?
2: It's always – I think first of all, you're lucky in that you have a lot of followers. For a lot of small businesses that don't have a lot of followers, it's very, very hard to create a campaign that only is going to target 1,000 or 2,000 people and expect to get results, right? Because you just don't – you don't have enough mass there. Um, I have not done that sort of data experiment, and it comes down to experiment, right? But I would assume just in general with advertising, the more affinity someone has for your brand – uh, it's the same concept of retargeting the more cost effective it's going to be for your advertising. So I would assume all things given equal that it would be more cost effective. If you were going to promote social media success on it, it would probably be more cost effective to target your own followers than those of someone else.
0: Gotcha. And you can you target any one? You know, can yes. there's no limits, yes. right? OK, that's good to no know. Limits.
2: Yep. Can it's, you target on really other
0: can you target on like, I don't know categories like interests or more more general kind of things?
2: It does have those. Um, and they also use third-party information like Facebook does. Uh, you can get sort of mixed results. But the way that the platform works, unfortunately, is it it's basically everything you put in there is an additional target. You can't say, well, I only want to target this combination. The other sort of mistake that marketers make and it, it's the same thing you do on Facebook because they want to sell their ads for a lot of money. They say, hey, recommended, you know, cost per click is whatever. Um, on Facebook, it's, you know, it, it obviously depends on your keywords. On Twitter, I always see this $1.68 figure. I don't know why, but that's like, you know, recommended range from $1.68 to 10 hmm. Obviously, you can completely ignore that. And, uh, Have you gone, you've
0: th- gone lower and had results?
2: Oh, absolutely. You go lower and you also want to give it some time. Because you, know, you want to give the platform a chance to find the right follower at the right time and advertise then. So if you just do like – I'm just going to do $50 over the next 24 hours, it's going to be expensive. If you say I'm going to do $500 or $5,000 over the next seven days and give the platform a chance to really optimize and find the most cost-effective followers or, or clicks – That's when you're going to be most effective. So, um, that's another sort of mistake that I see out there. And hopefully, through, and you know, these are general things that apply to any platform, uh, whether it's paid social or even like Google AdWords. But hopefully, if you haven't been doing these things, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I think Twitter is a really great place to experiment and learn about it because it is so easy to use and so intuitive in its user interface.
0: You had mentioned earlier that you shouldn't put hashtags inside of your tweet. Do you know if you can actually target someone who's using a particular hashtag?
2: You can. You can target hashtags. I have found it, though, very difficult because the volume is still not that great. Mm. Uh, In general, they want you to target. uh, I mean, Facebook, I've seen them say, you know, if you target like 100,000 people, it's optimal. With Twitter, it's almost more like six to eight million. Whoa. Uh, Wow. Yeah. And maybe it's because people are just not on are not active on it on a daily day in day out basis on it, 20 minutes at a time like they are on Facebook with Twitter. It's a little bit more fleeting, as you can imagine. People sort of jump in and jump out. Um, But yeah, you you can do hashtags. I think when you have that smaller audience, um, it's definitely going to be not as cost effective. But you can add hashtags. One other thing to remember is that Twitter is a viral platform. So I don't see a lot of people sharing Facebook ads. Um, I do get a lot of retweets. I've turned off ad campaigns and I still get conversions like a few days or even a few weeks after because people have retweeted those. Uh, I see a lot more engagement. Um, with the, uh, with the Twitter ads, interesting thing is that with Facebook, you have this notion of dark social, of these dark comments that you don't get to see on your, uh, you know, comments in your ads in Twitter, you do get to see them. They they will, they will appear in your app mentions. So another, uh, sort of, you know, good thing about Twitter when compared to other platforms is, uh, because it is engaging and viral, you can take advantage of that and you, you will get engagement from your ads if you do them right. And and I think that's a good thing. You're going to get a lot of feedback. Uh, And what have you? It's going to help your business.
0: I don't know if you've heard of the new ad unit that uh, Twitter came out with called Instant Unlock Cards. If you're not familiar with it, I can explain what it is. But have you heard of it yet, or no?
2: I have heard of it, but you know, not everyone in our audience has probably heard about it. So why don't you go with the? Yeah. So
0: so Twitter Instant Unlock Cards are designed. It's an ad unit that's designed to enable someone. Uh, to take an action in order to get something. So for example, you can say um, uh, retweet this and get get access to an exclusive video immediately. So the way it works is you can attach like a video unit to it and then what you can say is to get access to it, click here and retweet it. And then once someone makes the action of retweeting it, then immediately it's unlocked and the video plays for them or the coupon is displayed for them. And I know it's very new. And we have an article um, that's coming out on uh, September the 1st um, on Social Media Examiner. And we're recording this a few days before then. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it, because it's such an innovative and creative application.
2: Well, it, I think it's awesome, and I, I think it's, people have already been doing it. There are WordPress plugins that say, hey, for access to the content or to download the PDF, please perform one of these actions. So Twitter is obviously trying to be really innovative. They, they look at what Facebook has done. They feel like they've fallen behind, and they're, they're trying not only to emulate them but to one-do them. It's well, you funny.
0: know, here's a cool application. Let's just say that you f- sell a product, and you want to encourage people to take an action in exchange for a coupon code. Um you could essentially put this ad out there and say to save $10 on your next purchase at your favorite restaurant, right? Whatever fill in the yeah. blank. Um simply simply, you know, click here to retweet it to your audience. Your audience essentially sees the a specialized tweet that says I love this restaurant or whatever, you know what I mean? And then boom, you get the actual coupon code displayed to you. That's a cool application and I could see a lot of interesting and creative uses for that. But, you know, by the time this recording airs, it may be available to everyone. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's cool to see Twitter finally getting creative and innovative with some of their ad platforms, or shall I say a little more creative? Um, I want to thank you, Neil, for joining us on the show this week. Why don't you tell everybody where they can discover more about you and all the stuff you've got going on?
2: Sure. And and I just want to say that, Mike, I think that's a great example. And I think that there are a number of creative examples, get access to discounts, access to sneak previews, access to, you know, uh, a free ebook or, or, or what have you. I mean, there, there's loads of ways to use that. So it'll be interesting. And one thing I do like about Twitter compared to other platforms is that people do click on it. And uh, I think there's a more clickable uh, culture on it when compared to a Facebook. And I think that's going to work in Twitter's favor. So uh, you know, understand the unique characteristics that Twitter has and try to employ those in those ads with the newest features, and, and I think you're going to be really successful. So uh, my name is Neil Schaefer. I have Neil Schaefer wherever you are in social media. I am there, N-E-A-L-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, uh, including even on Snapchat, even though it's not one of the platforms I'm I'm extremely active on. Um, I also am, uh, I, my personal website uh, that also includes my podcast and includes my speaking and consulting information is at MaximizeYourSocial.com. Uh, my event, uh, socialtoolsummit.com, and another blog that I run called Maximize Social Business. So between all those, you should be able to find me.
0: Awesome. Neil Schaefer. thank you so much for joining us this week on the show and sharing all your insight and experience with Twitter ads.
2: Thank you, Mike. It was an honor and uh, always a pleasure.
0: Well, I hope you found value in today's podcast interview. If there's anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it, well, guess what? We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com two one six. Also, never miss a future episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button on your podcast player. I got to tell you, we've got some really awesome shows lined up for you. Also, if you've not yet reviewed this podcast, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes will allow you to give us a rating and or a review. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day, and may social media continue to change your
1: world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.